0: Welcome to Conversations with Ben Dixon. This is an audio/video podcast that we've launched recently. Thank you for tuning in. I just want to make sure you're aware of where you can go to listen and watch. If you go to YouTube, you can type in Ignite Global Ministries. Remember to subscribe and click the bell for notifications so you get updated. Also, for audio, you can go to Apple Podcasts. You can also go to Spotify or any other platforms that are available. If you forget all of that, just go to conversationswithbendixon.com every month. Monday, we're going to drop a new podcast around 8 a.m., and what we're doing here is we're just talking about different things through a biblical lens. Some of the things that are like the hot topics or stuff that just comes up, maybe things that you request or you want me to talk about. With me again is my special guest, Pastor Trevor Loya. He's the lead pastor of Terrace Foursquare Church. Say hi. Hey, how you doing? Good to be here again. Pastor Trevor was with us last week when we talked about understanding leadership failure. We wanted to talk about the power and the pain of of leadership failure, what happens when when people fall, especially Christian leaders is what we were talking about. And we also talked about how that happens in the family and some practical situations. Today we want to do part two as our episode three, and the reason that we want to do that is because there's a significant conversation that we didn't have when it comes to moral failure, leadership failure and that is how to deal with this. What do we do? You remember we brought up Carl Lentz and Ravi Zacharias and Bill Hybels and various Christian leaders that have been in the public eye because Mm -hmm. they've had a great fall, and it shocked the known world, or at least Mm -hmm. in the United States, it shocked a lot of people because these these men have had a significant impact on on many lives, and and Ravi Zacharias has impacted my life and Pastor Trevor's life. And so we talked about how to understand that. How does it happen? Today, we just want to move on and talk about healing and where do we go from here Mm -hmm. and how do we deal with this and how do we think about it. And uh, I want to start, Trevor, by talking about how not to respond, because I think that obviously we all react, okay? We all react to situations and circumstances that shock us. And, uh, and I've got a lot of thoughts about how not to respond. But let me just ask you, how should we not respond when we hear about these kinds of things, whether it's a local leader, a uh, Christian pastor, or it's somebody that we hear about like Ravi Zacharias, mm-hmm. how do you think mm-hmm. we should not respond?
1: Yeah, I think what we have to... We, we mentioned it a little bit last week, but just the hurt of the community is going on. And so I think that's why it's important to know what not to do. Right. And, uh, and I, I read one article... Um, that uh, the person writing it said I was around Ravi at one point for like mm-hmm. a glimpse and mm-hmm. felt and and they felt very uncomfortable around them and I can't verify right or wrong sure. or whatever sure. but I just felt like was that n- necessary to be like I told you so mm-hmm. you know and right? I think yeah. like at that at that point it's it's unfortunately the damage is done right. And to say, well, I had this prophetic sense, all right? like, well, you didn't use it, you right, know, right. at that moment. And
0: so... Retrospective or, prophecy. Yeah. That's right, yeah, not
1: yeah. actually helpful. I know a good book on prophecy. Let's take 30 seconds and talk about it's it. It's called Prophesy? Uh, but it's a... Yeah. Yeah, Prophesy. Uh, the <laughs> yeah, fir- it's a great book. Yeah,
0: thank you. It's a great book. Thank you. Yeah, I didn't do that. He yeah, did that.
1: Yeah, I I, uh, yeah, I've spark noted it. It's okay. good. Um, uh, no, I'm kidding. It's a great book. Okay. <laughs> D- need to get out of that hole. I just yeah, dug myself. Yeah, there it is. But like, you know, that retrospective way of looking at things and saying, I sh- you know, I knew it. I, I've i always thought that, you know, it's... it's. And I don't think that that's really an unhealthy way to actually begin to deal with it sure, or to begin yeah. to say it. it's not helpful. It's like a tabloid type of way of dealing with stuff happening in a world that, that we really need to uh, speak with integrity and really use our words carefully, because even when we don't know somebody, um, it's still gossip, right? and yeah, it's it still is. a spirit of dissension mm-hmm. and division when we begin to talk in those ways. And so there's a way to talk about it honestly and um, with, with with a level of, of clarity, but not just put people down, demonize, because there's families that are affected, communities that are affected, and and people who've been really, in a really positive way, impacted mm-hmm. by
0: these people. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think I would start with with those types of things. Yeah. I think um, part part of what happens when we react or respond, like let's say when the news break and we hear Mm -hmm. from one source or a news source or media outlet, and we don't know. We don't know if this person really did it. I think think one thing we can do right away is that make sure that we know uh, the source is credible, make sure that we... Mm -hmm if we're really interested in verifying and validating if this is true. I mean, it doesn't mean that we have to get involved in every situation and and post it and verify it and validate it, but like, if it's something that we really are gonna speak about or ever talk about, we had better make sure it's true. And I think that sometimes we are quick to go to social media,
1: mm-hmm.
0: we're quick to reshare, we're quick to share a video. And my advice is this, um, if you haven't done the homework, if you're not certain, um, if there hasn't been some investigation, let's not be an investigator. Let's mm-hmm. not validate or verify anything. Let's just go ahead and make sure that we are always speaking the truth. If we don't know the author of something, of an article or a video or a blog, and we personally don't aren't sure we should not be sharing those kinds of things Mm. because I think gossip manifests in many forms. Mm -hmm. Gossip isn't just about speaking negatively of someone. It also sometimes is saying something's true when we're not sure. Mm -hmm. So we can say, I told you so. I knew this was going to happen. That's one thing. And then the other thing is, is like, I'm just not quick to like post anything on social media. I think we've got to be really careful how we use social media, um, how we like or not like something. Uh, but I see far too many of us at times just g- quickly wanting... It's almost like we're all news reporters, right? Mm-hmm. A news reporter wants to get to the scene of the crime or the, the scene of the event real quick. They want to be the first one to have the breaking news. I feel like sometimes we all kind of have that mentality right now, like we want to be the first one to say something mm-hmm. and come out and talk about it. And how many times have people had to like go back and go, hey, I didn't get the full story. Right. Hey, that wasn't really true. Or hey, that was more true. Maybe people start defending someone right. when in reality... Reality, they're guilty and so I just think making sure that we're speaking the truth mm-hmm. and uh, and not gossiping even if it's not our intention to gossip and uh, just like you said, speaking pridefully is just unacceptable for the Christian because the Bible's really clear take heed lest you fall right So it's like if we're gonna start speaking bad about people and being like, yeah I knew this was gonna happen because blah 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 or whatever, the reality is is that we just need to be humble. And we don't have to say everything about everything, right? Right. Like, there's something true about that. It's one thing, like, if a leader in your life falls Mm -hmm. and you have to speak about it, you have to deal with it, you have to call, you have to verify. Um, But I think that's important. How about not ignoring it? Right, right. Talk about that. Yeah, not ignoring it. Because I I think, and I think, I I feel like
1: that's the thing that we're obsessed about Mm. is... Hey, we need to talk about this. Like, mm-hmm. there's always somebody who posts it and say, "Why isn't the church talking about these things?" And we're like, "I don't know. I talked about sin last week. Yeah, Did yeah you? the church is you always know? talking about <laughs> these things. Who's the people saying <laughs> yeah, that? You right? know, it's like and, and and I respect it. Usually because, not a leader yeah, saying that. right. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, and, yeah. and I'm sure there's there's a lot of people who don't want to talk about hard situations, because right. they're hard to talk about, and they will cost you something. And so, of course, there's people out there and churches and leaders deciding not to talk through hard situations happening in the world or in the church. But what we have to do is not not just, just say something like that, like mm. just saying that comment is actually making a comment. Right. It's actually... Sometimes being slow to speak, mm-hmm. gathering your thoughts, gathering that information, and, and actually bringing something that is helpful mm-hmm. to shepherd people and disciple people through these these moments. And um, because because I don't know about you, but I feel like especially 2020, I could have got up every Sunday and made a statement about mm. something. And, um, and some people feel like you should. Right, right. And, and 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 there is a lot of cases that we must. Yeah, there's make things a statement, we need to talk about right, yeah. and pray and be a be a a, a light and be a, a lighthouse as a, as a church and as a body of believers to to respond to the world with with uh, a gospel view of the world. Um, but I think that that sometimes it's just really important to slow down Mm-hmm. to really think through, not to make statements, because then as pastors, we become icons ourselves mm-hmm. yeah. and not shepherds. We're the and source. We, yeah. yeah. That's right. And so so if we just make statements, we're not making, I don't think we're really building disciples. We're, right. just, we're just fulfilling like this role in people's hearts and minds that will help them feel better that, oh, my pastor agrees with my thoughts or completely disagrees with my mm-hmm. thoughts. Instead of going, lending their heart to a pastor or a leader saying, hey, let's walk through this together. Mm-hmm. Let's walk through. This in a healthy way, and and really shepherd through it, and I think that would be a really helpful approach um, to just really slow down, mm-hmm. gather information, speak wisely with uh, words that are gracious and gentle, but are are not um, that are not shying away from the truth of the matter as mm-hmm. well, mm-hmm. and uh, holding that hand in hand is a delicate balance depending on the situation. Obviously, this is a there's so many situations and yeah. so many different things, but but I think in
0: essence, that's what, what our aim must be. Right. No, I, I think there is an obsession to uh, for over-information yeah. and the information of people's lives. I think that we're obsessed to talk about things maybe that we're not in, involved in, maybe that we've you know, never really had much to say about. And so all of a sudden with social media and blogs and YouTube and video channels, I mean, we're doing a podcast right now, but I'm not really doing this to grow a platform as much as I am. I want to shepherd people and anybody that would listen to my voice or your voice, as far as influence is concerned, we're just trying to process things from a biblical and a spiritual uh, perspective. We have a biblical worldview. so. I just don't, but I don't always feel the need to speak about everything. Mm-hmm. Like, I, uh, there are times where people, I remember like uh, the church in Reading, Bethel was going through all kinds of things and they were under review by everybody. And it was like, uh, hey, did you hear about what Bethel did? And I was like, no. And they were like, hey, what do you think about this teaching from Bethel? I'm like, I don't. I mean, I just have no clue what the, I don't even right, have the time right. to stop and look at what they're doing. Like, right. why do I care? Right. Yeah. And I care about my people. I care about those I pastor, but like I do not have time to go after every issue in the body of Christ from people I'm not even connected to. They're not part mm-hmm. of my network. They're right. not part of our denomination. I've never been to Bethel. God bless them, but I have no clue what's going on there and please don't send me a video clip because I don't want to be the judge, jury and executioner right. on someone and right. something that I've got no say yeah. about. Yeah. But I think there's an obsession. Mm-hmm. To kind of get the information, make a determination, tell everybody what you think about it, because I think sometimes it's fueling this need for us to be the source, mm-hmm. to be the person that has the main voice. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want the main voice. I want to be a voice of another. That's what John the Baptist was. Right. He was the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Like, mm-hmm. is that what we're doing? Do we want to be the voice of Christ, or do we want to be like the next news reporter that bra- that has breaking news, right. you know? Right. And so... There is this obsession it does exist. There is a pressure that comes with social media and all of these other venues that, we, that we're that we a part of. And so I think we gotta be careful, like you said. Um, how do we not respond? I think sometimes we shouldn't respond. Yeah. We don't wanna avoid things as we pastor people, as we lead our children, as we walk with our families. But I think at the same time, like, we don't need to address everything, talk about everyone, mm-hmm. and uh, every story shouldn't have to matter to us. And I think that sometimes is because we're inundated Um, with too much information. I I said something in my first podcast, and it was really based out of Romans chapter 12 and verse Mm -hmm. one and two. And Mm -hmm. he says, be not conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I just said this comment that I think is really true. It's like, what informs us will conform us. Mm -hmm. And if we're over-informed about something then it will come out of us in mm-hmm. all of these other places and spaces. Like, if we're just constantly consuming news or we're constantly consuming all of this stuff, we want to have some of that in our life, mm-hmm. but of do course. we need to, like, spend hours and hours? Like, I don't know if you look at your screen time, but, like, I've actually had to limit... My wife read a book recently by John Mark Comer. Mm-hmm. I don't know, it's... uh the ruthless elimination of hurry. Yeah, that the one. ruthless like stop running yeah. so fast or whatever it's called. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> the, the ruthless elimination of like going crazy. I don't. I don't know. I didn't read it. Anyways, she read it and she <laughs> she limited. God bless John Mark McC- <laughs> McComer. I was gonna call him McComer like a McNugget, uh, like a McDonald's guy. Sorry, I don't even know. Anyways, uh, she read this book. <laughs> uh, she read this book. And one of the things she got out of it was we need to limit certain things in our life. And so she just went into her iPhone and she limited screen time. And I was like, oh, that's pretty good. I didn't feel like I was overusing, but I was like, she was inspiring me. Right. I was like, hey, let's let's right. limit our time even more. So my son said to me yesterday, we we're on the couch and he saw that one of my things, one of my apps, went off and it said uh, time is up or whatever. Your use, you can no longer use it, and you can ignore mm-hmm. the time limit. He goes, why does it say that? Why would you put limits on your uh, on your apps? And I said because I don't. Want to use this all the time, and he didn't say he didn't say anything. Oh, that's a good thing. He just moved on to the next deal. That's what kids do. But um, I really do think it's my way of taking a next step and mm-hmm. not being over inundated with too much. Now right. we've talked a little bit about how we should not respond, but how should we respond to mm-hmm. things like this? And may, maybe we can talk a little bit more about like a moral failure of a leader that we know. Like how do we how do we respond to that? How do we personally deal with that? in your opinion.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I'm grateful enough to not be in it. I've never been in an environment where a leader has fallen that I had followed. Mm. Um, and I'm really grateful for that. Yep. That's not Amen. everyone's story and praise God that it is my story and many others as well. There's many That's out right. there that have have stewarded and followed and and so I've never I've, I've never experienced it. But uh, I've been around people, and pe- you know that that are close to me who have who yeah. felt that yeah. growing up. M- much have been um, uh, h- how the leader has used power in their mind, mm-hmm. um, and and so I think it's really important that we just don't. Uh, one of the things that just in a lifestyle and just walking with people uh, in a discipleship way that we help them help people go. We don't. That's not the normal. Somehow, like what you, the actions you received, the actions you saw was not the normal. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, this is this is not just the immediate. This is like later on in life, but I think in the immediate. Um, I think we have to allow people to really grieve. Yeah. A gr- grieving is really important um, in, in all of this, because if you really follow a leader and give their heart, uh, give, give them your heart in some degree to mm-hmm. shape you and to uh, in, in, uh, inspire you and help you get to next levels of faith and discipleship, like you... Will be crushed. Mm. And that's the hard part about community, mm-hmm. uh, but the beautiful part about community, because through those we learn forgiveness. We learn um, we learn humility we learn all of these great amazing things that only commu- uh, they can only happen in community we that's see right. the rest uh, restorative power of the cross through mm-hmm. that because there's a miraculous way that we see in the church that I have experienced uh, the restorative power of Christ that is not in this world that's right and and yep. that's th- so there's there's obviously uh, opportunity uh, through it. You're not going to see it right away. And so the way you're going to see it in light of Christ is to walk through with Christ in grieving it, talking mm-hmm. about it, and not running or isolating. Right. Uh, because we, we know a lot of people are going, man, I love Jesus, but I don't love the bride anymore. Why? Well, because this issue happened. Right. right. And they, they, just, they just depart. So I know I just said a lot, but, but I think that, that really, like, let's just grieve. Let's just really, really walk this out. Let's talk it out. Maybe it's a counselor in your life. Do you need like a biblical counselor that could walk you through Mm -hmm. what's happening? Um, All of those types of things because, um, because, yeah, we need to do that. That's what grieving's for.
0: Yeah, and if we don't grieve, if we don't process, if we don't pray about, if we don't walk it out, what will happen is we will project... From our own experience and from our own soul, those negative mm-hmm. situations onto others, onto other environments and other people.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: mean, that happens in every scenario of life, right? And mm-hmm. so, whether that's marriage, whether that's family, whether that's a job scenario or a relationship of some kind or right. a church, because right. like what you just brought up is you haven't been under a leader that fell, and so you don't have that experience, but you've been around others that have. Mm-hmm. Um, I have friends that have fallen, but mm-hmm. I haven't right. been mm-hmm. under a leader that's fallen. In fact, when I came to Northwest Church as, as the pastor, I followed a leader who had the utmost integrity. I right. followed a pastor oh, yeah. who has a great legacy. And you see the health in that. It's really, really powerful. But even though we have here such a healthy transition, and we have one healthy leader, and I believe I'm a healthy leader, so we have two healthy leaders, and we have this really good exchange, it doesn't mean that everybody here... I mean, I wouldn't know this, but it doesn't mean everybody here thinks that... Um, you know, uh, they don't carry with them wounds from the mm-hmm. past, from another church. Sometimes people will come here from other churches and maybe they have wounds, and so they're wondering, you know, is Pastor Ben healthy and is this church healthy? We we are a healthy church, but, but it doesn't mean everybody in this context, mm-hmm. in this environment, um, isn't projecting that possibility, like, mm-hmm. oh, mm-hmm. this is gonna happen. And so it kind of creates a certain morale, and I would say not to project. And so we wanna make sure that we, as we respond, we're, we're careful about how we see new environments and new relationships and new pastors and we want to give them um, the respect and the honor but learn what we needed to from the past season right and so I've had friends that have fallen and I've and I've watched that happen they were pastors and they were leaders and they fell flat on their face and I walked that situation out mm-hmm. with them mm-hmm. and I think it's really um I think it's really important that uh, you know the people around that particular person, many of them walked away from, from the church. And I, I just want to say, too, about the church, a lot of times when somebody fails us, we blame the whole body of Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just so easy to do that. Like, the church is terrible, the church is hypocritical. Mm-hmm. The church, I mean, there, yeah, we all have a level of hypocrisy because Jesus is the perfect one, we're following Him. That's not an excuse for our sin. That's not an excuse for anything, but the reality is, is that we're gonna get let down by all these people in Mm -hmm. our life at some point, and these big failures are massive, and they're huge, and they're not just little things, but we can't blame everybody else, Mm -hmm. too, and we gotta be really careful that we don't do that. Like, everybody at Northwest Church or Terrace Foursquare Church, because a leader fell or something like that, then everybody, Mm -hmm. nothing happens Mm -hmm. that's good Mm -hmm. or godly Mm -hmm. here. The whole thing is is demonic or whatever. That is simply not fair and it's not true and it's it's pure emotional response it's wound it's pain and it's mm-hmm. hurt we have to monitor our hearts we have mm-hmm. to monitor the pain in our, in mm-hmm. our own lives and so grieving is essential because when we grieve we'll actually begin to see healthy things mm-hmm. like you can see a healthy family and because you come from an unhealthy family you start to project things into that family mm-hmm. well they must not know and people must not see this about them mm-hmm. in other words it can't be healthy right and so the same Thing happens with the church. Well, the church, there's got to be somewhere where it's unhealthy, whether mm-hmm. it's the abuse of money or the abuse of power, or, you know, we're all gathering around this one person. Like they don't have anybody speaking into their life, mm-hmm. and this person can fall. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean, those things can happen, but you can't start sowing those seeds and projecting that into the experience. And so I would just even say when it comes to church that we've got to be careful that we don't um, carry our wounds into a new environment, a new church, a new relationship and start sowing them into the soil of that. We've mm-hmm. got to deal with our hearts and we've yeah. got to give that to the Lord. Now, if we're suffering and we're hurting, walk it out, grieve, you know. Mm-hmm. It doesn't we're not saying avoid it, but we're right. saying you've got to give new environments new opportunities, right. new chances to, right. to even bring healing yeah. to us as as well.
1: And I think the only way to actually be able to do that is you have to go through a level of healing mm-hmm. to be able to see straight. Mm-hmm. I mean, and 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 so we need to walk that out, and if we are walking into an environment that we will project our own hurt and what the thing, what things have been done to us on others that don't deserve it yet, mm-hmm. um, uh, then then there's there, it's a clear sign. Like mm-hmm. just stop right there and understand that there's something inside of you that needs to be healed, and God has that. Restorative power to do that. That's what we want to do, and and community is actually the very the variable that is part of your healing process. Because there are many believers and pastors and people who want to help bring uh, life to you and to be a a, a presence of health to you. And so, um, anytime we walk into a church, I mean, now we're kind of going this way, but like we walk into church, there's always we're always subject to a lot of. Saw a lot of people, a lot of opinions, a lot of different attitudes, mm-hmm. a lot of different backgrounds. So you move, move them all together and you say, let's we love each other. We're one big happy
0: family. it's like, no, we're, there's a lot that's crazy, but... It's the island of misfit toys yeah. that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, but, we're, a, we're a dysfunctional family to begin with. Right. And then God brings healing, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah so. And maturity,
1: maturity <laughs> happens as you grow in relationship and you actually forge through yeah. hard and yeah. awkward and, you know, uh, and misunderstandings and all the other things, all the other baggage. Mm-hmm. Uh, you give everyone enough grace to walk through and go, okay, let's just... Let's just believe the best about somebody and not the worst. Mm-hmm. Let's believe that they didn't mean that, or if they did, they're willing to repent when they realize, oh, wow, it really hurt you, or all that stuff. So, I mean, th- those are the, the, the aftermath. But I think what, one of the temptations that we have mm-hmm. when it comes to a leader falling is deconstruction. Mm-hmm. Deconstruction is the word right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it deserves its own podcast, so give us some grace, but deconstruction... Simply means that we want to. We see a problem, and so therefore we must look at every angle and every bit of the institution or the person, or whatever the authority is, and we must reduce it down to see what's it, what its original intent was. And if it was poor, then we throw it out. Yeah. And we're doing it on all sorts of levels in our society, and uh, and and it's one of those things that I think a lot of people can seek out, mm-hmm. but I think in situations like this, it hits you in the face, mm-hmm. and you go what is what is mm-hmm. pastors what what are they supposed to mean to mm-hmm. me and mm-hmm. what is like w- w- how much weight should i put on it because i got really disappointed i mean and you really have to de- deconstruction just kind of hits you and i think what we have to do is is wrestle through that to try to reconstruct from the scriptures and with people and mm-hmm. and all of that and it's not to to be ashamed of what's happening but to not let deconstruction be your level of, of your, your framework. Let let it like when you're faced with it. Let's go to the scriptures. Let's base it on truth and well, on that's Jesus and walking through. Right it. there,
0: yeah. literally, this is what I'm thinking the entire time. It's that it, number one. If we don't have a high view of the Bible, yeah, then we've got no roadmap for healing. Yeah, like what what exactly are we going to do except for deconstruct? What mm-hmm. where will we go? What hope right. do we have? Right? right. So part of grieving. Um, can't just be based on emotion or even this idea of I want to be a healthy person. It has to be based out of the hope that Jesus heals hearts. Yeah. Jesus heals our lives. Jesus takes our wounds and exchanges them for joy unspeakable. He actually can give us what we can never earn and what we cannot make happen in our own lives. And so the the Bible is God's word to help us walk through these situations. And mm-hmm. so that's exactly what you said right there at the end. Um, and if we don't do that. There's no hope. Right. So we wanna level everything. The family's no good, right? Like the nuclear family's Mm -hmm. no good because Mm -hmm. there's so much... The divorce rate's so high. Churches are uh, institutions that are full of pride and... Power and and manipulation mm-hmm. and abuse of money and I think it begins with how it is that we see the church. I think some people see the church as like this utopia where everybody is perfect and healthy and nothing bad should happen, nothing wrong should happen. But in reality, it's a hospital. It's a place mm-hmm. where people go to get their bone reset. It's, there's an emergency room. There's a birthing center. There's physical therapy and a hospital. And the church is a place where broken, hurting people go and they they find a great physician, they find a perfect savior, they find someone who can actually restore them, and we're getting restored together, we're getting healed together, we're getting saved together, we're getting set free together. And in the process of restoration, all of us are somewhere in that place. We're going to get hurt, and people are going to fall back into their brokenness. And it is hard when a leader, somebody that's the doctor, you know, to use the hospital metaphor, the doctor falls, and they're the ones that are bringing healing, and, and they fall back into their brokenness. That's hurtful, and it's difficult to walk through, but we can't forget where we are and what we're a part of. We're a part of a hospital. We're a part, and Jesus is the perfect one, and He's bringing us together, restoring us, and healing us. And I think if we're not focused and based and founded on scripture we're going to lose track of 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 mm-hmm. what goes on here and we'll just get wounded and our emotions will take over but when i think about this in the last few minutes of our, our conversation today i think about how did what did jesus do when people sinned mm-hmm. right what did jesus do i mean when i look at john 21 it was a passage that i was thinking of peter had denied jesus Everybody had walked away, pretty much, almost everybody had betrayed Jesus, walked away from him in his final hours, didn't identify with him. They peaced out, you know, they Mm -hmm. went their own ways. They were afraid of what was going to happen to them. And, and so when Jesus was resurrected and he comes to his disciples in John chapter 21, he has breakfast with them, and then he turns aside, and he has this conversation with Peter, who's clearly feeling all kinds of guilt, mm-hmm. and he goes into talking to him and he's like, do you love me? He says it to him three times. Right, yeah. And then at the end of it, he's like, feed my sheep. And I think it's just such a powerful picture of Jesus wanting to restore that's really what his heart is. Even mm-hmm. when someone falls, Jesus wants to restore. And I think even though we've been affected and even though we've been damaged and we've been hurt sometimes by these people in our lives that we've looked up to, we've got to believe for restoration because mm-hmm. as others that, have, that are at the hospital of Christ, mm-hmm. we know that we need his redemption, his restoration. Mm-hmm. And no matter who someone is, we don't want to cover over it. Like, it doesn't matter, and we don't want to act like leaders don't have stricter judgment, and we don't want to act like leaders don't have to give Mm -hmm. more accountability. They do. They're going to be more public. I've watched people, I know someone who fell, and they were a pastor, and they had to publicly go before their church, and literally, they honestly told what this person did. It was the most humiliating thing, and Mm. that person has really not been able to make it back to church. And I hoped that someday they will be able to do that, but they had to give an account. And that was right. I thought it was right for them to have to stand before that congregation Mm -hmm. and give an account, because they were preaching to that congregation. And this just wasn't some like thing they were kind of struggling with. They've had a full-on affair. And so where that is the case, we have a stricter judgment. It's very serious. We don't cover over it. But that person still needs to be restored. That person still needs to have a path of restoration. So let me ask you this, knowing that Jesus' is heart is certainly that. Mm-hmm. Do you think that we can grow as a church in having a vision for restoration? Do you think that we can, this is something that we need to do better, even for people that are leaders, even mm-hmm. for people that mm-hmm. like, supposedly shouldn't fall? Right. And what do you think we can yeah. do to, to get on that path to actually be a restoring place and environment for people that fall?
1: I I honestly it's one word discipleship. Yeah, you, you know I think like if we actually build a culture of discipleship, because um, discipleship is process. Discipleship, um, there's I mean again another full podcast on discipleship, but we carry. A, are you just a culture. trying to come back? Is that what you're? Yeah, trying to I'm do? trying to come back. I'm just trying, <laughs> drop trying to drop some hints. Like hey, you're trying you know, to get back like, on like, conversations
0: I, with Ben Dixon. I don't blame you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but creating like if we if we're just in an environment where we. We just uh, are uh, create an event for Sunday morning, Yeah, yeah. you know, because we can again another full podcast, right?
0: You see where this is yeah, going. Yeah, you see where this is going. Ease you know what I'm saying? I'm just giving
1: ideas, you know. <laughs> put in the comment section, you know, and I'm kidding. Uh, but, uh, but, but if we created a, an environment where we can walk through the scriptures, walk through with people mm. these situations, uh, then then I think we can go there. But if we're a, a church that doesn't talk about things that mm-hmm. doesn't um, that doesn't uh, get up and actually gives something like, hey, like, there's a... I just hear people preach sometimes, and I'm like, do you spend time with people? Mm. You know? That's like, right. are you engaged in the community as mm-hmm. a leader? Are you engaged in your people's lives mm-hmm. and what's happening in your city? Or mm-hmm. you... Is there a disconnect? Because mm-hmm. uh, even, even pastors can grow bitter And harsh with their own congregation and distant because they too have been hurt. Mm -hmm. And so there can be like this weird thing happening where it's this separation, the stages, the separation between this community, uh, but we need to work really hard to to, to get towards one another. Mm -hmm. And that is discipleship. Mm -hmm. It is, that is the key word there. Um, And I think like, just even going back to what you said you know about restoration leaders can be restored and your hurt can be restored. Yeah. Jesus is the restorer of all. Him going to go restore the leaders, not forgetting about you and what you need, what kind of help you need in mm. your heart to grow and develop and mature and to to get healed from the from what's going on. So both are in the mind of Christ. God is pursuing um, his people, and he wants to lavish his love on his bride. His body is um, unbelievably important. But we have to be careful is this, and this is a little a, a kind of a side note that I just kind of brought to mind, is that is that we often will blame Jesus for the things we see in the church. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of the things we see that we don't like in the church... Um, is not, they're not Jesus, mm-hmm. and so it's like it's like you know what's the safest one of the safest cars? Toyota's a safe car, you know, reliable and safe. Would you ever blame a Toyota mm-hmm. uh, for the crash the driver caused? Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. like Jesus, if Jesus is this perfect, you know, is he's better than a Toyota? I'm just gonna be honest. It would just said, be clear, yeah. but like, chose, like, but Cadillac, oftentimes but people we'll, we'll put the we'll put the bumper stickers on our car yeah. and say we're a Christian, but we're messy, like yeah, you're saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. and we blame yeah. the wrong person for the yeah. accident yeah. that was caused, and so I think Jesus is that. Is we got to keep him in the light of this, that he's the one that is our intercessor. He's our one who's the the restorer. He's the one that gave his life for us. And so, so, um, so we walk in discipleship. We fight for one another, whether you're a leader or whether you're a pastor. And then I think, um, I think we actually have to be people who look at Hebrews chapter 13 and says, obey and submit. Uh, To your leaders, and basically, Mm -hmm. don't put a burden on them because they're the ones actually giving uh, giving an account for you. Mm -hmm. That's and and so people go obey and submit. Those are harsh and hard words. uh, With all this stuff we're talking about, how could we obey a scripture like Hebrews chapter thirteen verse Mm -hmm. seventeen? And and really, what we have to do is go well. It describes the type of leader we can submit and obey to by saying they're the ones taking an account for your soul. They're the ones. Very clearly, not looking to manipulate or to to abuse or you fill in the blank. That is Mm -hmm. the hard things. They're the ones that are looking out for you. They're the ones that are wanting to see you shaped into Jesus, Mm -hmm. are cheering you on to greater things, Mm -hmm. and those are the people. Those are the leaders. You could submit. And obey, or 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 have confidence in. In other words, in uh, following is the one, and, and we can clearly see that because mm-hmm. we're looking at it under every rock these days for for harmful we act- activity. We're, we're,
0: we're looking for the bad. It's 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 a predisposition that is clearly there. You know, one of the things I think just because we're all looking at the predis, what is what is going on? What do people think? And what is happening underneath the surface mm-hmm. here? That that is sort of a sentiment that's out there, even if people aren't given to that. That's kind right. of a it's there. I, I just think one of the things, like I do as a leader, one of the things that I think moving forward to continue to create like a, a culture that is healthy in the church is to have more transparency. Yeah. And so, for example, when new people come to our church, I used to, I started out doing before COVID. I started out doing these things called off the record meetings, mm-hmm. and they were basically me just answering any question that any congregation member had because I recognize that we're that we're Christ's body. Um, I'm an under-shepherd of Jesus. My, my role is not to be the mediator between yeah. God and man. The pastor's role, which I preached about this last weekend, is to equip the people for the work the work of service, right? Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. I think we've got some of these things wrong. And so to me, something that's really important is actually pastors and leaders humbling themselves Yeah. And creating a healthy culture where they're human beings. Yeah. Um, You see how I am with my wife. You see how I am with my children. I told our church I wouldn't let anybody preach from our stage unless they were embedded into the life of a local church. If that person doesn't have a level of accountability, they will never speak to our church. Right. Because to me, to have healthy culture, it means that we have to have healthy people, not perfect people. And that's, I think, where we go too far. Yeah. Right. We go too far. Like Pastor Ben, you shouldn't have said that joke. You know, sometimes I'm goofy. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like I would. Uh, I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. You know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You know. Sometimes. Uh, sometimes, like I need to grow too. But but that I'm a human being, and I think that people want their leaders to be perfect. And I think the more there's transparency. I mean, I don't mean oversharing, and maybe I cross the line once in a while. But I think there's something to be said for us yeah. being transparent yeah. and being open. Yeah. So we have people in our home. Um, I'm willing. I give my cell phone number out to our church. Uh, everybody has my email address. Uh, I'm not trying to be the man. Yeah. I'm just. I just am a man. I'm. I'm a right. follower of Jesus. I, I believe He's anointed me to lead and to teach and to preach and minister, but. I think that comes with limitations. Yeah. I do not believe that any leader should be Jesus. And let me yeah. let me just say, maybe sometimes we get into trouble because we've yeah. put leaders in places they do not belong. Right. And mm-hmm. so creating healthy culture is is not by intentionally going, hey, Ben, instead of Pastor Ben, like, hey, yeah. Ben, you're only Ben. <laughs> you know right, it's right, like, right, right, it's right. like, we're not trying to put people down. We're not trying to put people up. We're just trying to honor... Uh, everybody's role in all of this, as we're the body of Christ, as we're healing together. But I think it's really important to see church the right way, to see leaders the right way, for leaders to create healthy culture with transparency and honesty. And can I just tell you, like, if you're not a leader and you're listening and you don't know what your leaders and your pastors believe, um, you shouldn't have to wait two years to figure that yeah. out. Like, if, yeah. if for you, you're burdened by something because you're uncertain or you're unsure, I think clarity is a gift, and it's really important. And so for our church, for my church, I don't want anybody in our church to wonder what I believe about anything, even if we had a disagreement. You can ask me absolutely anything at any time. And I think that level of transparency bridges gaps that... Too often have existed for too long, where a person goes, I didn't know that our pastor believed that, and it's been seven years. Like I don't want that to ever happen, and if it does happen, that it wouldn't be on me as a leader creating a healthy culture. I want us to all work together as the body of Christ. And so here's the hope. The hope is this, is that while people fall and people fail, what we do know is that Jesus doesn't. Mm -hmm. And so as we talk about this, we talk about it within the context of knowing that our Redeemer lives, Jesus is a restorer, He's the one who mends the broken heart, He sets the captives free. And so um, we don't want to be extremists by saying, don't look to man, look to God. You know, it's like, that's pretty extreme. It's like, yeah, we never want to look to man for our salvation. We never right. want to look to man as our perfect representation. Right. But we do want to be discipled by people. Right. Like Jesus told people to go disciple people. Right. He didn't just tell the Holy Spirit. He didn't say, mm-hmm. Holy Spirit, go disciple everybody. You know That's why it's always funny when some, somebody is ex- like, hey, oh, the Holy Spirit's my discipler. It's like, uh, right. So... <laughs> That's, that's usually scary and lacks accountability yeah. too. It's the Holy Spirit obviously is involved in our discipleship. The Word of God is involved in our discipleship, but so are people. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes we evade or we resist the that collaborative and yeah. that togetherness and the body of Christ coming together, um, super spiritualize it, or, or we have our wounds and whatever. But I believe that Jesus is bringing the church to a place where He's pruning us, He's healing us, He's bringing us together... Um, not just so that we won't fall, but so that we will always have victory, even if mm-hmm. someone does fall. Because mm-hmm. the church has to live on. Yeah, the church has to continue to grow. And so, uh, with that said, um, I would just like us to pray. And I, uh, here's what I want to pray: I want to pray for health. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to pray for health. I want to pray that God um, continues to breed health into His people. Into to His churches and to His leaders, um, and that together we continue the ministry and mission of Jesus uh, no matter what's happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, may God work in all of those that have fallen hard in these in, the, in these seasons, and may God restore all of them. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe not back to their places of ministry. I don't know. That's between them and the Lord, but at least as men and women of God. Yeah. That's certainly something we want to do. Right. We want to cover that. So I'll pray, and, uh, and you'll agree this time. Amen. He prayed last time. I That's just right. agreed. Let's pray. Pray with us. Father, we do thank you today for how your word leads us into places of health. We thank you that you're the restorer. You're the one that redeems. You make all things new. And so, God, we've talked about some people over the last two weeks, and we've named names. And and so, Lord, we just pray for Ravi Zacharias's family right now. We ask that you would bring healing to them, those that have been affected by this. We ask for healing. Mm-hmm. Father, give us all the perspective that we need, yeah. um, that ultimately we're looking to you. And Lord, we're not... Resisting the church. We're not resisting men and women of God as though everyone is going to fall the same. But Lord, we ask for your healing and we pray for Carl Lentz and his family mm-hmm. and for Bill Hybels and his family and others, Lord. We pray for you to restore people, um, not necessarily to the places that they were, but Lord, that you would restore their hearts. Mm-hmm. And God, we, pr- we pray that you would restore your church. We ask for healing in your church. And God, we pray that our brokenness and the projection of our wounds would cease and it would stop and we would be able to sow prayer into the soil and the ground of of your church, not just as we gather, but also as we're scattered, as we're abroad. I pray that, Lord, this would be an hour where your church advances and we would be healthier than we've ever been. So make your leaders healthy, make your people healthy. And bring us into this new place where I I believe that you're going to bring a revival and do great and mighty things. So we love you, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen Amen. and amen. Thank you for being with us, Trevor. Of course. Yep. He wants to be back, but we'll see. We'll have to pray about it. (sighs) Hey, God bless you. Thank you for joining Conversations with Ben Dixon. Again, go to the website, conversationswithbendixon.com, and we will see you next week for another conversation.